You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Today is a little bit of a different podcast. I'm doing like, like the Cubs game just ended, and I'm recording the podcast. I decided I was going to wait today because the Cubs are such a big story and you're wondering how they were going to play in New York. And I had some cool stuff that as the game was going on, I thought about, and I was like, yeah, I should bring that back in a pot. So the Cubs win. They just finished beating the Mets in game one of the series out in Queens five to two, the final. And what really stands out outside of you, Darvish, which I'll get to in a minute is the Cubs approach in this game and how their runs came about in this game and how they were hitting the ball. What you saw today was the optimum of Cubs offense. It was guys looking towards the middle of the field. It was guys looking opposite field and then adding in, you know, their their power and they're able to score some runs in today's game. It's watching them today. Like that's the way that their offense should look. And I know that Stroman, they'll have a harder time with the two guys that they got coming up. Not that Stroman is bad, but Thor has been pitching great and DeGrom is DeGrom. So they'll have a little bit, I think, of a more difficult time. But I loved what I saw from how their at-bats went. And it, it was a big thing today on the radio show where I had Joe Madden on the radio show. We talk about all, this all the time, Joe and I, when it comes to the, the concept of approach. And so I know from having Joe on the show what it is that he's been preaching and what he kind of wants. So it helps, I think, when I'm looking at Cubs games to evaluate what guys are doing at the plate and seeing if it fits with what Joe has kind of talked about. What Joe talks about are a couple of things. One, he talks about using the big part of the ballpark. He talks about middle away, having that be your approach, accepting your walks, which is a big deal, and situational hitting. And sometimes the situational hitting isn't your just like two strike hitting, for example, but it's putting a ball in play instead of striking out it's a fly ball to the opposite field instead of striking out and one of the ways that they scored a run today is because they got a productive fly ball from chris bryant to right field it's stuff like that you're moving runners you're putting pressure on the defense they they put pressure on the defense because they were hitting line drives to center field and if you look at the cubs spray chart today of their hits, their hits today were center right to the right-handed hitters. They were going opposite field. Javi Baez had that crazy double that he hit to left field that, that he reached out and got, which is another funny coincidence because you'll hear in this podcast Joe and I talking about Javi being a, a bad ball hitter and what he expects from Javi when it comes to bad ball hitting. But before I go into depth into this, I want you to hear Joe talk about 
his guys because I asked him today about the situational hitting and whether it's something that every guy has in his toolbox and how do you get them to use that approach on a daily or a nightly basis. So this is what Joe wants and expects. And here was his answer to my question. Well, I mean, it's everybody I think has it, but if you look at the swings and the approach in general, it, it's, it's difficult at this time of year to really get a guy to, to change completely Except we worked on hard in spring training and came came out of the uh, out of camp doing a pretty nice job with it. Uh, but season in progress, it's just been guys kind of revert to who they are sometimes, and we're more of a you know we are more of a home run team. We score most of our runs via the home run, and that's where the situational hitting and all this launch angle stuff uh, for me is diametrically opposed. I mean, if you're just trying to lift and pull the ball all the time, uh, when it comes to driving and run from there with less than two outs and hitting a ground ball the second or short, it's difficult to just do that. Uh, sacrifice fly balls hit to the opposite field. If you're not in that gap mentally, it's hard to hit the ball over there. Um, they like they did the Nationals. I mean, that bat by Soto against Ryan was a big at-bat. He got him the two strikes, and he just punched that ground ball to Harvey's right, and then beats it out because he runs. Well, that was a, that's probably the, the, the perfect example of what they did during that series, and even to the point where, Turner had that big hit in the right center field gap against us, um, against Chatwood, just uh, a good piece of hitting where he didn't try to pull the ball, which would have been a ground ball to short. We have it in our toolbox, yes, uh, really trying to, to draw it out uh, among all the guys. We just have to uh, count in progress. Have, you have to make adjustments, adaptations. I've been preaching this for 20, 30 years now. Uh, I, I'm okay with the choking up. I'm okay with just trying to move the ball the other way. Uh, but if guys have not really nurtured that in practice, it's hard just to take it into a game. So now let's talk about the guys and the type of hits that they had in the game. You saw Javier Baez get back into going to the opposite field. You saw him go towards use the middle of the field too. At one point, I don't know if it's still the case, and I was talking with the afternoon show about this during transition. At one point, Javier Baez had the most opposite field home runs of any hitter in baseball he was looking middle away and that's when he is at his absolute best as a hitter and he did that in today's game he was he was looking middle away and it was cool to see all of this stuff if you go through the summary here are the way the runs were scored for the cubs fifth inning addison russell homers to center field sixth inning Javier Baez homers on a fly ball to right field. Now, in the eighth inning, Baez had the the double into left, but there were four of the five runs that were scored by the Cubs were scored because guys were going center away. Same thing with like Castellanos getting on base today. He got on base because... He, he scalded a ball to center field. So you saw all of that as, as far as the approach went with the Cubs today. Let me talk about you, Darvish, and I'll get back to Javier Baez. Darvish was amazing. He gave up the home run to Pete Alonzo, but that guy is a monster. Darvish's line, eight innings, five hits, one earned run, one walk, which broke his his non-walk streak, which was too bad that it broke his non-walk streak. Seven strikeouts for him. Darvish's ERA is now down to 4-2-5. And considering where he was 
at the middle of this season, that's pretty crazy. You know what? I need to go back through his, his game log here real quick. And I will tell you that this is what 19 starts in a row now that he's gone five innings or more. Darvish, if he keeps pitching like this, you're talking about a pitcher who could see his ERA get below four, and who would have ever thought that? All right. If we go all, I mean, April kind of doesn't count because the numbers are weird, but if we go to the beginning of May, Darvish's ERA was 5.79. And even as late as July, his ERA was above five. And now it's 4.25. He had everything working. He was pounding the strike zone. His curveball was dropping off the table. It was a fun, fun outing to watch him look dominant on the mound, not afraid of the really good bats that the Mets have in their lineup. Jeff McNeil, Pete Alonzo, like he wasn't afraid of him. He was attacking the whole time, went deep into the game through 104 pitches in the eight innings that, that he worked impressive stuff. Now Kinsler came in, gave up a home run, but because Darvish did what he did, you were able to give your bullpen another day of rest to give guys another day of rest after, you know, an extra inning game and all that stuff. So kudos to to you, Darvish, for his his work in today's game and him going deep into the game. I wondered if he would come back out for the ninth because it looked like he still had a lot in the tank. But it gives you a chance to give Kensler work. It gives and, and still you didn't have to get anybody else up. Everyone else could kind of rest out there. And now they'll be fresh for tomorrow's game. And we'll see if they're going to be able to to keep pace with what Noah Syndergaard does. And it'll be Kyle Hendricks that'll go to the mound tomorrow. So shout out to you, Darvish. And I'm happy for Javier Baez. I'm happy because he had been in a really bad place of where he was just chasing pitches. He looked terrible at the plate, looked lost at the plate. And I asked Joe Madden about that, particularly with Baez and the fact that he is playing a lot of games. He's played the bulk of the season at shortstop this year. He needs some time off. Joe had even admitted that on Sunday that he was trying to figure out ways to get him some more time off. And you saw a fresh-to-death Javier Baez back at it. So here's what Joe had said about Baez on the show and what he thought some of his issues were and how he differentiates between Javi Baez, great bad ball hitter, versus Javier Baez, who's out there chasing. Yeah, I just think right now he's experiencing a general uh, the proverbial slump a little bit, um, even when he getting like that last fly ball to left field the other day was a cement mixer cutter that he could have put across the street but threw out to left field. That could have been at the game. And for being, I'll just backtrack. Castellanos did hit a home run, and the ballpark kept it in. That ball was crushed to center field, but the wind blew it back in, and this conversation would be entirely different. But Javi missed his ball, his pitch, and that's what's happening. When he's seeing his pitch, he's just not squaring it up. Happens to everybody. Happens to everybody. Um, I anticipate he's going to get back to putting the ball in the barrel more consistently. Agreed, he will take bad pitches and barrel them up, but he just hasn't been. They've been off uh, the weaker part of the bat, and he just hasn't been hitting the balls consistently hard as he normally does. And 
I, I think it's cyclical. It's going to come back to him hopefully sooner rather than later. But uh, not he doesn't look a whole lot different. He just seems to be mixing his pitch uh, more consistently than he had been. How do you try and find, because he's played a lot of innings this year, and obviously he's playing the hardest position on the field outside of catcher. How do you find time off for him when there's only 32 games left to play? It's difficult. Like the other day, I took him out. We were losing 7 nothing. I took him out of the game. So I think he got four or five innings off. I think it was four innings off the other day. Uh, something I talked to him about earlier in the year, I want to be uh, proactive getting him out of games, uh, good or bad, like a, winning by a lot or losing by a lot, get him out. And, and keep them uh, preserved. Um, and that's part of it. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to accuse anything right now on anything other than the fact that he's just not going to get up. But I know this guy has been playing hard every day. Nobody cares more than he does. So he carries a lot of burden mentally, too. And if anything, I think everything's interconnected with that. So the best way to get him time off right now is a day off like yesterday. And then if it's a bad game, get him off early. But if he came up and he really needed a day, we're just going to have to suck it up and do it. Now that we have uh, Addison, it makes it a little bit easier. So that was good to see from Baez. Two-run homer in the game, three RBIs for him, had a double that looked like a triple to him, and then he got thrown out at third base, which is weird. He had a couple of base-running gaffes in the game today, which is odd because he's he's one of the most aware players I think I've ever seen uh, when it comes to him being on the bases. But Baez went three for three. And he walked. You know what's strange? I was looking up bias stats this morning. And I was like, you know, Javi doesn't seem like he's really you know, taking his walks. He's going to end up walking more times this year than he's ever walked in his career. Isn't that crazy? I think he's got 26 walks now. And the most he's ever had in his career is 30. So I imagine he'll find a couple other walks between here and the end of the season. So that'll wrap it up, man. I just wanted to do a quick post-game wrap-up pod. I appreciate you listening to the game on the score. I appreciate you listening to the pod. You can go back and check some other episodes, too. I had actually planned on doing something on the Cardinals, and maybe I'll do that on tomorrow on why their offense has been so good lately. But the Cubs win 5-2. to two. That was a huge win for them. It's a team that's chasing you in, in the wild-card division that the Cubs are now in. And it allows you to either keep pace or gain a game, depending on if they get the roof closed in in uh, Milwaukee, which is crazy to me that they had a rain delay because the roof was still open. Whatever. Thanks for listening to Loho Daily. Cubs win five to two. Make sure you check out my show, Noon to Two on the Score. I have more talking about this on, on Wednesday afternoon. So thanks so much for listening.